0: It's the Blue Vote Cafe, a little bit wonkish, a whole lot of fun. I'm David Schellenberg, along with Rachel Oyster, the co-chairs for Democrats Abroad in Canada's capital region, in beautiful spring Ottawa. The flowers are starting to poke through. (laughs) It's lovely. Hello, Rachel.
1: David, have you actually seen flowers poking through yet? I
0: have not. I'm just speaking metaphorically. (laughs)
1: Metaphorically. (laughs) But I will tell you, I walked up to the Ottawa River yesterday, which has been devoid of bird life for months. And... They are out there screaming, all the birds on the water. It was wonderful to see the spring activity.
0: It, it, it really is, and, and I don't know why. I think just, just with the, 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 the lockdowns and everything, it's been a long winter. It's been a long winter. Yes, exactly. Who's, who's <laughs> with us today, Rachel?
1: Today we have Betsy Ettore, the chair of Democrats Abroad's new Global Senior Caucus, and we have Jim Dobson, who is the vice chair for the caucus. Welcome, Betsy and Jim.
2: Thanks very oh, thank much you. for having us.
1: <laughs> we're delighted to have you. And we're interested to hear about the caucus. Yes,
0: for sure. Okay. And we do also start by asking everybody uh, the our standard question. What part of the world are you in? Where do you vote? So where did you come from? And what keeps you in the part of the world you're in? Uh, Betsy, you go first.
2: Okay. So I'm in Finland at the moment, in Lapland, Finland, which is very north. I vote in Connecticut, and I live in Finland since I retired because my partner's here,
3: right.
2: and we. Ha- this is our, our winter abode. We do have a summer abode, and we do have a place in, in Helsinki, but we come here because we both love to ski and also because we have two Lapland dogs. They're actually called uh, uh, Finnish Lappoons. Uh, who are known for herding reindeers, so they Ah! love it up here.
0: (laughs) How did you end up from Connecticut to Finland?
2: Oh, it's a long story. I, I lived uh, for 37 years in the U.K. first. I, I went for my postgraduate degree at the LSE in London,
1: uh-huh. and
2: then I met my partner in 1982, who's a Finn. I came for a conference in Helsinki, and that's the way it <laughs> And never left. <laughs> <started. laughs> <laughs> So, yes, yes.
1: (laughs) So, Jim, tell us, where are you? What took you there and keeps you there? And where do you vote?
3: Okay. I am also in Finland, though I am uh, down on the Finnish Riviera of uh, Helsinki.
1: (laughs) (laughs) That's wonderful.
3: And uh, I I vote in in Indiana, actually in Indianapolis, uh, where I lived for about 30 years. I ended up here uh, about nine years ago, it was. I was doing some volunteer work in uh, uh, Tanzania, Uh, met a Finnish woman who was also doing volunteer work, and uh, we liked each other, got married about seven years ago, and I've been here ever since.
0: Love is always the most common answer to that question of what keeps you in this part of the world? It's, It's amazing. I guess Americans are just lovers. (laughs)
1: i think that's it yeah work and school mix in there too but love is definitely the most common reason for americans to live outside the country Mm -hmm. at least in our completely scientific blue vote cafe (laughs) yes okay maybe
0: the blue vote cafe is all about lovers maybe that's what it is
1: i'm all right with that (laughs) (laughs) but we're here today to talk about seniors who are probably also lovers (laughs) Yes. Right. <laughs> so please. oh
3: we're trying we're stretching a little here
1: <laughs> i'm sure it was part of the first survey question <laughs> so betsy tell us what led to the formation of the caucus i know it's a very new it's one of da's three newest caucuses that's so, right yeah tell us about it
2: okay so i've been a A member of DA for about 20 years now, I think. Maybe it's about 23 years, because I was also a a member of DA when I lived in the UK. mm -hmm. But, anyways, I I would go along to DA meetings and I would volunteer to do things. And people would say, This was after I retired. Now I have to be clear, after I retired. Uh, So I'm not young. But anyway, so I would go to these meetings and I'd say, oh, I'd like to do this or I'd like to do that or set up a caucus here and do this. And people would say, oh, that's a good idea. Yeah, but we'll, we'll have do- to get somebody younger to help you out. Ah, yes. <laughs> Oh, that's so rude or cheesy. <laughs> so I was a little bit taken aback by it. And I thought, oh dear, I have to do something about this. So then I asked around other people I knew if they had similar experience in DA. And they said, yes, these were retirees. So I thought this would be a great caucus to start. And even before I, we started, I got a group together. I'm just going to tell you who these people are because they've been very helpful. Besides Jim, who's from (laughs) Finland, Tilly Galliard from France, Marnie Delaney, also from France, Karen Lee from Greece, Rick Rice from Mexico and Dan Smith from Israel. So what happened is I guess it must have been about. March is it? Is it? Did I first contact you? I think it was March last year, wasn't it, Jim? I think that's about right. I do right.
3: believe that's right. Yes. Mm-hmm. So
2: I sent an email around saying, "Would you be interested in doing, uh, getting organized on, of senior caucus?" Okay, and I knew all these folk because I had seen them at various events, or I had seen them at say book clubs and DA, and I knew that that these were retirees. Older DA mm-hmm. members, mm-hmm. so I said, I sent an email around, and and we had our first meeting, and it was very uh, a good meeting, and people said, okay, you know, let's go for it, let's do it. Right. So what we had to do first, which you always have to do to do a caucus in in DA's, actually do do a uh, what they call terms of reference, TOR, terms mm-hmm. of reference. Mm-hmm. So. We got that all together. And everybody who I mentioned who was on the formation team did have input into doing the uh, terms of reference, which ended up to be 36 pages. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways, but what I want to do is I want to read to you our mission statement, because I think the mission statement really kind of gives uh, a kind of insight into what we're Doing Okay. So our mission is to support the goals and ideals of the Democratic Party and Democrats abroad, to maximize the participation of seniors living abroad in U.S. elections, to advocate on issues of concern to seniors, especially seniors living abroad, to be a voice for U.S. citizens living abroad, to support campaigns of democratic candidates aligned with the interests of seniors and to work with other teams within DA to further our joint goals. So that's, that's really our mission uh, statement. And basically I think, you know, we all agreed to it. Uh, everybody had um, uh, a real uh, input into it. And so, you know, I was delighted because I thought, you know, when you start something, you do want to have help and everybody helped out, which was great. Mm -hmm. And then what I found out, I found out from a chap who joined us on our steering uh, committee later on, he said at one of the meetings, he came along to one of the meetings, his name is Will Prescott, he's a real IT guy, and he said, I'm going to go and look and see how many uh, people are 65 plus in DA, yeah. because he had access to the whole database, yeah. and basically it's about 30%. That's huge. So it's a lot of people, and remember, we have 200,000 members, so that's a lot of people. That's a lot of people, Yeah. So we knew that we would have, uh, you know, a base to to start going. But also I did find out from a member of D.A. that uh, in 1997, it was the National Democratic Seniors Coordinating Council was created uh, as an official body of the uh, DNC. Uh And I'm going to just tell you its main purpose was and I have it here. Quote, to give older Democrats a voice within the DNC, to make use of their experience and expertise on issues such as Social Security and Medicare, and to acknowledge their lifelong dedication to democratic the Democratic Party ideas and to mobilize older Democratic voters in election campaigns. End quote. So that's really what we're trying to mirror. And we've also uh, been in touch with the chair of the Senior Coordinating Council, who, by the way, did a web webinar with us in October where we talked about seniors issues and and how we were going to get started. So we really uh, mirror what the National Democratic Seniors Coordinating Council does on DNC. And we have that link and they've, you know, they've helped us to have uh, higher visibility, particularly within uh, DA. Mm-hmm.
1: That's wonderful. And also so, within the DNC, I would think.
2: Yes. Well, they know about us. And one of our colleagues uh, who went to Martha McDermott, who went to uh, recently, there was a DNC meeting in Washington. She went there and she actually I asked her if she could meet with some of the senior caucus people. And she did. And she said, you know, we're, in fact, she, I found this out last night. So basically, uh, I'm very happy about that. And and she said that they were delighted. The DNC is delighted that DA has finally got senior caucus. So. Wonderful. So that's kind of the background. And um, I'm going to let uh, Jim talk about the key issues that we decided on. By all means. So I'll over to Jim. <laughs> Take it, Jim.
3: <laughs> okay. Thanks, Betsy. Okay. The, uh, as Betsy said, uh, we got a lot of uh, collective thinking on not only sort of the general uh, mission of this caucus, but specific issues that we felt needed uh, to be addressed and, and needed to be part of of our purpose. Those came from all uh, of us, including uh, follow-up research to to flesh out why they're so important. One of the reasons our terms of reference are 36 pages is we do uh, include the, this background material to. Help people understand that these are significant issues.
1: Yeah, I was going to make a joke that nothing reflects experience like a 36 page terms of <laughs> reference.
3: <laughs> well, not, not yeah. to interrupt you, but <laughs> yes, no, they, it's a good point. I, I'd go a, a step farther and say uh, nothing reflects uh, people that. Grew up in the era of written communication. Oh, true. Mm.
1: Good point.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, that's, I'm not sure that my children or or grandchildren are are, are going to be people who sit down and type out or write out by hand the things they want to communicate.
1: True. Yeah, maybe not. So tell us what some of the issues are.
3: Okay. uh, Our top issues are ones that have, very strong immediate impact on our members and members of Medicare, mm-hmm. especially Medicare portability. And what we mean by that is that if you're like me and many of our retirees or our seniors that are living abroad, you worked at least a large portion, if not all, of your working life in the U.S., or at least subject to Medicare and Social Security contributions. Mm-hmm. However, if you live abroad, you get no support from uh, the Medicare program.
1: Right. So you can say no. It, you, right. And you get you nothing can, out of it. Yeah.
3: You can participate in the hospital side by returning to the U.S. if that is possible financially and, fi- and in terms of your physical condition. Right. right. But even if you do that, you're completely without coverage for any sort of physician our prescription
1: coverage. Oh, I see.
3: So Medicare portability is the idea that surely a mechanism can be created so that Americans who've paid into the program but are living abroad can receive something, something, yeah, uh, a support for their hospital physician and medical prescription uh, coverage. So hence yeah, portability, a benefit that you take with you. Second uh, issue with the, a lot of significance for uh, the people that are affected is a thing called the windfall elimination provision, mm-hmm. which sounds like everybody should be in favor of because windfalls <laughs> are bad and elimination, therefore, is good.
1: Uh, or the other way around. <laughs> yes, I mean. or the way around. <laughs> Great cider <Yeah>. from windfalls. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. uh, however, this, again, is an instance where a name Is given to a bill not for the purpose of accurately identifying its purpose, but more for our creating an impression of whether this is a good idea or a bad idea. I would cite as an example the horrible, horrible, and you can edit that out if you choose, a Mm -hmm. governor of Florida who has created a bill that his so-called Don't Say Gay Bill, Mm -hmm. the actual acronym is Stop WOKE. Yeah. Because uh, to his audience, WOKE is uh, only slightly uh, less horrible than communist or maybe actually more horrible. I'm not Mm -hmm. sure. (laughs) But the windfall elimination provision, purpose of it, originally was somehow to create fairness for people who are getting Social Security Payments from the U.S. and then payments from uh, a government retirement program from another country. Why that should not be okay, I don't understand. But that was the original thinking. The consequence is that people who are getting a you know, pretty small amount of Social Security uh, and pretty small amounts of other pension, other governmental pension from foreign country, suddenly are losing. 20, 30, 50% of their social security, which means that they are going from being able to cover their expenses to not being able to cover their expenses. So we're very much concerned that this is not a reasonable consequence, that we're not seeing people that are getting rich off of double dipping. We're seeing people whose lives are made significantly more difficult from a level that's already challenged. Right. So that's a second very major uh, issue that, again, something that, like the Medicare, is directly of impact only to seniors and their family, or almost only to seniors and their family members, mm-hmm. but uh, are still things that, in terms of fairness and equity, are things that we all should be supporting.
0: Oh, absolutely.
3: Another high priority issue is taxation, right. partially the taxation of foreign earned income in the U.S. and whether that's being handled fairly, mm-hmm. but also that the difficulty of those living abroad who are being taxed in the U.S. getting access to and support from governmental agencies to help them do it right. Mm-hmm. That's, again, something that we think having a large enough voice be heard could really make a lot of difference without even having to change the law, but just changing the uh, the availability of the necessary information and support.
0: Interesting. Well, I think we all think that. Is taxation for seniors different for people who are not
3: seniors? No, this is one where I do. I, I, you're exactly right, David. This is one where we would like to see a linking of a broader grouping effectively all of the democrats abroad on this issue yes oh
0: yeah well, i think we we all definitely feel overtaxed that's that's for sure <laughs> well,
3: yeah and, and beyond that probably under supported in terms of the programs and the processes that are set up for u.s taxpayers some of them only really work effectively if you are residing in the U.S. or at least have a U.S. bank account. Right, Right. yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So
1: I assume you're coordinating with DA's Taxation Task Force on that one.
3: Yes, that and also the windfall elimination uh, provision. Yeah, right. Another top-of-the-mind issue for us is election accessibility and voting rights. Right. I don't need to tell you that the availability of the standard way for, well, actually for all of us living abroad, namely the the absentee or the mail-in ballot is not becoming more accessible, becoming less accessible in many states. And because uh, most of us just have no option of going to the local polls on election day, this is particularly significant to uh, all of us living abroad. Right. Those are probably the really highest priority, but we have number of other issues that are very significant that we continue to look for opportunities to advance. The general goal of promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion is important to seniors as well as to others, partly because while not normally thought of as on our own a group that is uh, excluded, uh, that really is, in fact, something that does happen. Like mm-hmm. Betsy was saying, when she wanted to form a group, he said, "Well, yeah, but you need to get some younger person."
1: Young to help you to, to help you,
3: and uh, so she came to me. I assume that's why Betsy. <laughs> yes, that's right. that's right, Jim. I'm, I'm only seventy-one, so I guess uh, if I if I get in the right group, I'm a younger person. <laughs> <laughs> but but kidding aside, it really is true that older people are one version of the invisible people. Mm-hmm. Women are in many instances invisible people with disabilities and so forth. And so we have a high level of interest and skin in the game for promoting diversity, equity, and inclusion.
1: That makes sense, yeah,
0: yeah for sure.
3: Then health and health related matters are important to seniors, but not just to seniors. But the world that we live in is getting older. The number of seniors, percentage of seniors is going up uh, all around the world, and especially uh, in uh, the places where most of us are living. As a result, society as a whole needs to recognize that things like physical aging, more challenges of mobility and transportation, the accessibility and the understanding of new technologies. All of these are things that take on a a much greater importance as we look toward the future. So those are issues that we are very concerned with. An issue that's ugly and people, I think, tend to sort of grimace and not want to have to look at is elder abuse and neglect. But the fact that it's so ugly and so uncomfortable. Is all the more reason why we need to have advocates that don't let it get overlooked. Right. And then there are others challenges of learning a foreign language as you get older, uh, special housing issues that you run into as you are older or have mm-hmm. more physical mobility issues. And as you see, these are things that overlap with with non seniors as well. Mm-hmm. So uh, we continue to look for ways to to join forces with so many of the other caucuses. I guess those are probably the main ones on our list. There's some others, but that gives you the sense, you know, the feeling of what we're trying to accomplish, which is to look at the ordinary average lives, not just to say, what can we do in terms of political action, but what can we do in just also in terms of providing supports to each other, providing best practices, providing a forum in which we can uh, can interact with others that are facing the same day-to-day issues. Right. Sounds like it's a it very busy works. caucus.
2: It does. <laughs> we, How we long are. are
3: your meetings?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> no, well, we have once a month a steering committee, but we also have a newsletter. Jim, that was great. Thank you so much to... To go into the detail, it was fantastic. What I thought I could do is link into what he, what Jim said and talk about now the initiatives that we're developing with those key priorities uh, in our minds. Wonderful, and yeah. uh, I should tell you, we had our inaugural, well, we were first agreed as a caucus on January 22nd and we had our first uh, newsletter in February. And in that newsletter, we highlighted some of the issues that uh, Jim mentioned, particularly Medicare and Medicare portability and the windfall elimination provision. Mm -hmm. And I have to tell you that we got 63 people interested in being on a subcommittee of our steering committee, which is the windfall elimination provision (laughs) subcommittee. And we're going to meet in April. And we have support from the Taxation Task Force, which is chaired by Rebecca Lammers. And what we aim to do in this committee is to try to support what's called HR 82, which is called Fairness and Social Security, which would get rid of the WEP. And that's what we're aiming for. And that's what we're hoping for. And of course, the Taxation Task Force, interestingly enough, I'm actually on it, but they in the past, try to deal with this issue and it just was such a hard issue for them because they had they're dealing with resident uh, taxation rather than citizenship taxation and all sorts of things they're dealing with and and rebecca came to me and she said this this is an issue I would like you to take on in the senior caucus so that's why we've actually taken this on and 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 have this committee so we're you know, very happy about that. Mm-hmm. And 63 people is a lot of people. That's so a lot of people on the
1: subcommittee. yeah. We're
2: probably going to have three chairs because we're going to break into three different groups. But we're very happy about that. And our first meeting is already organized, as I said, for for April, April 6. So that's that, which is fantastic. Yeah, yeah it's uh, something nice and concrete yeah. where you can have an actual effect.
1: That's right. Exactly.
2: Well, and, and, and th- that
0: becomes the trick, right? It's it's uh, a lot of these issues, as you pointed, are, are very common issues for a lot of people. But but exactly, what what do you change? How do you make things better?
2: Exactly. Well, we we we're going to go to our uh, congresspeople. We're going to tell them uh, stories of how it affects people. I mean, I can think of a very good friend of mine who lives, for instance, in Madrid. Uh, she was shocked when Social Security people wrote to her and said, we know you have a pension from Spain. We're going to cut your Social Security in half. Right. So there goes her rental <laughs> that she needed uh, to live. Right. And so she had to decide what she wanted to do. And so she had she couldn't yet retire. She was retirement age. She couldn't yet retire. So she decided to uh, to keep working for a bit oh, i think she going. finally um retired this year but you know it, another five years uh, i think she's about 74 now but you know mm. it's it, it really impacted and when i got people uh when we advertise in the newsletter for people to join this committee and they wrote to me, they also had stories that they're not, you know, I'm not happy about WEP. It's not fair. I didn't know this was going to happen. It's really cut into my pension. And so it's it's a real big issue. And we're trying to uh, support and get as many people as possible to support H.R. 82, which is is about fairness and Social Security. And I think at the moment, it has something like almost 200 uh, people supporting it in Congress. So good. We're hoping that in our lifetime of our um, committee that we can get this eliminated and off the books, basically, because it really has it's 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 really, you know, hurt people, basically. Um, And we also are going to have a Medicare uh, committee, which is going to feed into the uh, Medicare Portability Task Force, uh, with it, which is headed by uh, Heather Stone from Israel. And basically we want to focus on how this affects seniors mm-hmm. specifically and feed that into the overall um committee the larger committee so that's we've got about uh six people interested in that uh also somebody uh, stepped forward to be a chair and that we haven't set a date yet when to meet because in the uh current newsletter that's going out uh next week we've also asked for more people we want a little bit more people than than six people on Mm -hmm. this committee Mm -hmm. um and you know it's I love working in DA because like I was just at a taxation uh, webinar this morning on child benefits, and it was so good. I mean, it was on for an hour and a half. They had various people from the embassy. They had a tax advisor on, and it just gave so much information about taxation in a general way. It was very, very good. And I think this is what I love about DA, We're we're volunteers. Yeah. <laughs> we are volunteers, but we, we can really do very good work and get a lot of things done. And, uh, you know, I love it. I think it's fantastic. And and that's another reason why, uh, you know, I wanted to have a, a caucus uh, for seniors because I knew that, that people would get involved and get interested and we could do things. Mm-hmm. Um, also, uh Jim mentioned health care as being an issue, which obviously goes across all age groups. And on March the 28th, we're going to be co-hosts for a webinar on uh, progressive health care with ProDA, the Disability Caucus, and the Veterans and Military Family Caucus. So oh, that'll that be nice. very interesting. Yeah. And each caucus will focus on how health and progressive health affects Their particular uh, constituents. Uh, So that's going to be very interesting. Um, So, you know, we're moving along. Uh, Also, uh, Jim mentioned about uh, promoting diversity, equity, and, and inclusion. Uh, we have good links with the LGBTQ caucus. I'm actually on the steering committee of that caucus. So we've decided there's two of us on the steering committee that are also on the seniors uh, steering committee. So we hope that we could have uh, during Pride in June this year an event for seniors which will show a film about what happens to older LGBTQ people. Um, in homes, and you know how uh-huh. difficult it can be for them. Huh. Uh, they some of them have to go back into the closet uh, because they're in a, uh, a nursing home where maybe oh. people aren't so keen on having uh, gay people or trans people there. So this is something that we're gonna. We've already got the okay with the uh, chair of the LGBTQ plus caucus that we're gonna probably uh, contribute to Pride this year, which will be great. So oh, that's wonderful. so I think that
1: it's a young and vigorous caucus, clearly. (laughs) That's wonderful. So many things on the go. Right. I mean, you've only been in you've only been in existence for like two months at this
2: point. That's right. That's (laughs) right. I didn't mention anything about GOTV, but we do have somebody who's on the steering committee who's very involved in uh, Get Out the Vote. And he told me that. Uh, we should always remember that seniors have quite a lot of time and they're usually the best people for phone banking. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah. we're point. probably going to do a, a, a little campaign to get seniors to do uh, phone banking just before the um, election. And also some seniors are very involved on state committees already at this point. So of course, yeah, it's a good group.
1: Wonderful. Wow. wow.
0: And, and seniors vote. Certainly in a big way, the good understanding of of how the system works and knowing you can have all these great ideas. But unless you actually get out and and vote, then none of it really matters.
2: Absolutely. Absolutely. That's right. So there you have it. Do you have any questions for us?
1: (laughs) I feel like you. You, you have been so thorough. You, yes. <laughs> David and I ha- hardly had to ask a question. You had the whole thing <laughs> laid out brilliantly. Yeah. Yeah. Can anybody
0: join the caucus? I guess is one of the questions. Or, or yes. do you have to be a certain age?
2: No, we we do have some allies joining, uh, especially on, on the committee. Uh, we had a person saying, you know, I'm not retired yet, but I'm really worried about uh, this uh, windfall elimination provision. Uh, so i'm going port uh I'm going to join the committee and join the caucus, so we do have people who are like what we would call allies, so we haven't put an age limit on it so, um, but
1: have you defined an age an age um a threshold for calling someone for what a senior yeah.
2: I guess if I don't know, Jim. What do you think? Sixty-five plus or sixty plus? I don't know. We haven't policy
3: being made as we speak.
0: (laughs) (laughs)
1: Right, right here.
3: We started with sixty-five plus, but I uh, and we we've had a discussion, but not yet changed. But I suspect we're going to uh, come to the conclusion that a little bit younger is is more appropriate, especially in. A lot of like the European countries retirement age is before sixty-five. So That's right. uh, Yeah. But you're also not
1: requiring that people be retired. I mean, I you there are people who work into their eighties and even nineties. So or are you? Are you looking specifically at retirees? No,
3: Um, not at all.
2: No, no. There are that's true. There are people who even on our steering committee that I think are still working, maybe some of them part time, but they're still working. Mm -hmm. So that's true. That's right. Hmm. But you
1: are one caucus that every DA member will eventually become. (laughs) Yes. Well, that's what we hope. (laughs) Well, that that was the exact
0: thought that was going through my mind of, of, yes, we should all be allies of the seniors caucus. Absolutely. Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. We've all been, we can all be allies to the youth caucus, even though that's one you move out of. And we can all be allies to the Seniors Caucus because it's one you move into. into. That's right. That's right. (laughs) But actually, the interlap and the interplay between the caucuses is very interesting, especially as caucuses become more of a force within DA.
2: I think they have uh, much more... uh, uh, visibility and people are working together
1: mm-hmm.
2: uh, and we have a caucus, all caucus meeting every month. And there's also, which is new, a caucus coordinator, uh, Karen Frankenstein. So I think that, you know, it's really an attempt by the uh, executive committee to try to get uh, people collaborating and try to make the caucuses, uh, you know, have much better visibility and more global events uh, and we're sharing information. So it's, it's a nice group of people.
1: Well, Betsy and Jim, you have been full of information. And it's very exciting to hear what you're up to. Is there anything that um, you haven't said
2: yet that you would like to add? Ooh, uh, I don't think so. Just to repeat that, I really enjoy working in DA. And it's a voluntary organization that I think has done so many things for so so many people. And that's one of the reasons why we wanted to have the senior caucus to really help to energize seniors in DA, basically.
1: Excellent. Absolutely.
3: Yeah, I would just uh, like to say to uh, listeners that think maybe this is uh, something that they should get involved in. I wholeheartedly encourage you, but I do also want to uh, point out that this is a, deliberately a two-way street. By that, I mean, we're working to get better opportunity or treatment legally, socially, for seniors, but we're just as equally committed that we as seniors want to get remain involved in the political process to get things accomplished for other people. And I think one of the great things about my generation, Betsy's generation, is we came up through the era in which that was almost a given. If you were of this generation, you were looking at what's my responsibility? How can I contribute to make this a better country, a better world, better opportunities for other people? And and that is one of the things that truly is at the core of our group generally, and our caucus uh, specifically. So that sounds good,
1: Yeah, well send said. us an email,
3: give us a call, come <laughs> join us. Oh, exactly.
1: And I, I love the way your two final words dovetail. They fit together very nicely. <laughs> well, Betsy and Jim, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate your spending time with us. and. you. Uh, I'm Rachel Oikster with David Schellenberg in Ottawa, Canada. And a dog
0: now, all of a sudden.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And Betsy's dog. My cat finished yowling before we began. (laughs) Today we have canine participation.
0: Yes, from around the world. It's kind of...
1: (laughs) (laughs) Thank you for listening to Democrats Abroad, the Blue Vote Cafe.